0: For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark DeDici. You're listening to Daybreak. Mail-in ballots continue to be counted across the country, while key races in the presidential election remain uncalled. Tensions are high as multiple lawsuits have been filed by the Trump campaign in battleground states. It's Friday, November 6th. The big headline this morning. As of 4.30 a.m., with the last batch of ballots from Clayton County, Joe Biden took the lead in the state of Georgia. It wasn't commanding, only 917 votes, and there are further outstanding mail-in votes in the state from a mix of red and blue counties. Should these final votes give Biden the state, it will bring him to 269 electoral votes, blocking President Trump from an outright victory. In Pennsylvania, further uncounted ballots look likely to swing the state to Biden as well, which would make the point moot. We'll talk more about those remaining votes in the Keystone State later. In a race full of razor-thin margins, tensions are high on both sides, as each candidate attempts to reassure supporters that they are on the path to victory. Former Vice President Joe Biden spoke at a news conference on Thursday reaffirming that, quote, each ballot must be counted. His remarks are clearly in response to President Donald Trump's various calls on Twitter to stop vote counts across the country as states tally the unprecedented number of received mail-in ballots. Biden then urged his supporters to be patient and stated, quote, we have no doubt that when the count is finished, Senator Harris and I will be the winners. President Donald Trump spoke to the press for the first time since election night yesterday, spewing multiple unsubstantiated claims regarding voter fraud and implying that local elections have allowed votes to come in after Election Day. He stated, quote, If you count the legal votes, I easily win. Currently, there is no evidence of voter fraud in any of the major elections across the country. In stride with many of Trump's unfounded claims, the Trump campaign and the GOP have filed various lawsuits in some of the most contested battleground states including Nevada, Georgia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. The short story? A lot of them are baseless. It's still good to know what they're about, though, so here's a rundown. Yesterday, a Michigan judge dismissed a lawsuit from the Trump campaign, citing a lack of evidence of voter fraud and asserting that all ballots in the state had been counted. The Trump campaign waged another legal battle in Georgia's Chatham County, calling for 53 absentee ballots, which the campaign claimed were fraudulent, to be thrown out. After local campaign officials testified that all 53 ballots were received on time and in proper condition, a state judge dismissed the case. With the uber-thin margins in Georgia, though, a recount in the state seems likely regardless. In a similar fashion, Republicans in Nevada announced a lawsuit yesterday morning against Clark County, which is the most populous county in the state and is currently showing Biden in the lead by roughly 8 points. The suit claims that there are irregularities in votes caused by fraudulent mail-in ballots. So far, no concrete evidence has been provided regarding voter fraud in the county. The Trump campaign filed a similar lawsuit in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, calling to halt vote counting and arguing that representatives from the campaign were not offered sufficient access to monitor ballots as they were counted. The Trump campaign struck a compromise with Democrats, agreeing to allow 60 ballot count watchers in the tabulation room. This prompted the overseeing judge to dismiss the case. Backed by the GOP, Trump's campaign filed even more lawsuits in Pennsylvania against local and state election officials. A recent deadline extension by Pennsylvania's Secretary of State Kathy Brockvar, which would allow mail-in voters to provide identification after the deadline until November 12th, if it was initially missing, has come under close scrutiny. The Trump campaign has alleged that this threatens the integrity of the election. In more election news, more than 150,000 ballots were stuck in U.S. Postal Service processing facilities and did not arrive on election day. About 12,000 of these are in the five battleground states that have yet to be called. In Nevada, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, ballots that arrive within a certain window after Election Day but have been postmarked by that day can be counted. In Georgia and Arizona, ballots arriving after November 3rd will not be counted. With incredibly thin margins in these states, especially Georgia, there's a possibility for legal action within the coming days. Currently in Pennsylvania's Allegheny County, there are around 35,000 mail-in and absentee ballots left to count. But officials are not legally allowed to begin counting them until today. Earlier vote counts in the county have strongly favored Biden, and he was favored even more heavily over Trump among mail-in and absentee votes. Allegheny's votes could go a significant way in narrowing the current Trump advantage in Pennsylvania. A quick look at the Senate. We already knew Georgia's special election was going to a January runoff. We knew this on election night. What's new, though, comes from the state's regular election. David Perdue had a roughly 4-point lead after Tuesday, and while his margin stays wide, he has since fallen to just barely below the 50% of votes necessary to win outright. As more Democratic ballots are counted around the state, his percentage might fall further. Despite Perdue maintaining a decent lead against John Ossoff, it looks as though the two will face off in another runoff. Both parties so far hold 48 seats in the Senate. Tom Tillis has held a steady, if small, lead in North Carolina, which would put Republicans at 49. Alaska's Election Day results look conservative, but over 100,000 mail-in ballots could tighten the race. This is all to say Georgia's results in January may end up deciding which party will control the Senate. In other headlines, Denmark has discovered a mutated version of the coronavirus in minks that has then spread back to humans. The country which leads the world production of mink furs is planning to dispose of its entire population of mink in order to mitigate the spread of the disease. President Hashem Thaci of Kosovo resigned Thursday following the news that he had been indicted for war crimes at a Hague-based court. The indictments are related to his involvement in a NATO troop invasion in Serbia in 1999. He's being indicted as part of a group of men who are, quote, criminally responsible for nearly 100 murders. And Tropical Storm Etta, the 28th named storm of this Atlantic hurricane season, is currently bearing down over Central America. There's a possibility that the storm could regain strength after impacting Cuba and become a hurricane again, before making landfall in South Florida early next week. If it makes landfall in the U.S., it would break records by becoming the 12th named storm to impact the U.S. coast in one season. That's all for a very long daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Francesca Bloch and Hope Perry, and produced under the 144th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Mark Didici. Have a wonderful weekend.